Hey guys, welcome back to the iCast. This is Chris, and I'm with my co-host as always, Ike. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you for joining us this fine Saturday. Alright, and uh, on this time in the iCast War Room, this was actually like a pretty busy week when you really think about it, like just, you know, all the, the things that sort of came to a head um, this week. There was a, a lot of stuff, but um, two things that I really wanted to touch on, which I think is, is sort of like an extension of stuff that we talked about before. Is yeah. specifically, um, we talked about the Amazon unionization story that was occurring, I believe, in Alabama. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we, you know, and it failed uh, the unionization vote, and there was definitely a lot of like um, accusations that Amazon was, you know, was essentially union busting the whole time, that they, you know, made it, you know, difficult and and uh, not possible to vote privately. Right. Um, so, yeah, all, all of it, uh, it, it, it threw that whole union vote into question. And, and of course, now new union votes coming up. But something that happened this week is that essentially the Teamsters Union, one of the largest unions in America, is essentially going to start fighting uh, Amazon and working with uh, Amazon workers to 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 unionize. Um, and this is sort of like within the, the sphere of, of like what the Teamsters have done for the last hundred years right uh specifically when it comes to the transportation industry right and amazon is so fundamentally you know you know tied to parcel transportation that this is going to be a huge unionization effort that the teamsters are going to be pushing forward um what do you think about this like this 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 sort of like push um towards uh you know like this large union taking on essentially one of the largest employers in america well, okay, so I'm not a union fan, but um, I, I'm not a union fan from my own personal perspective because I, I'll tell you why I'm not a, I was an, I'm not a union fan. So, you know, when I was, um, when I was an undergrad, I would, you know, work in the, in the summer and um, it was, it was part time, but, um, and what happened was, so I was part-time, but I was full-time, right? So it was the summer job, worked full-time, got um, paid, you know, what one would um, as, but, um, but I, everybody knew I was part-time, but um, I still had to pay union dues. I got nothing out of the, the union dues. Uh, but I still had to pay for them, even though I was only going to be there for maximum four months and I got nothing out of it. So there was a, there wasn't a carve out for that. It was, it didn't matter if yeah, you're, yeah. No, right. Th that's problematic, so, of course. It's like you're not really benefiting from the union at all. Right. So if I had benefited from it, a different story, right. But it, and the, and that union didn't protect part-time workers, right. So, I mean, I had to, I was forced into, I couldn't opt out of it. That was the other thing was I couldn't opt out of it because I was there just for the summer. Mm -hmm. I had to pay these union dues, which I got zero benefit out of. And when you're, you know, a student, um, every nickel and dime counts, right? Yeah. Especially when you're going to be using it towards tuition, books, that kind of stuff. Now, I went to university in Canada and yes, my tuition isn't the 10, 15,000. Uh, per year that you have in the U.S., 
but it was still, you know, for a student, I would consider it high, but I, you know what, if I got a decent job over the summer, I would be able to, you know, make more than enough to not only take care of my tuition, my, um, my books, take care of my books and take care of, you know, my day-to-day -day needs and necessities for the full year. Okay. Yeah. And so for me, I, I was resentful that, you know what, um, I had to, I was forced to pay into a system that I was going to get nothing out of and that money as a student would have gone to better use for me. So that's my take uh, when it comes yeah, to, I I'm not a fan that, of that unions, be, right? Yeah. That shouldn't be a thing. Right. I, I don't think I, I do not. I, I absolutely agree. If you did not benefit from the union or were not able to ever benefit from the union and by the virtue of you being a part-time uh, worker, uh, well, right. summertime seasonal worker. Right. Um, right. It was seasonal. Right. And yeah. it was seasonal work for us. Not necessarily the position itself was seasonal, but it was seasonal for me. Yeah. But there wasn't a carve out for that. And I think that's my problem when it comes to unions is yeah. they don't look at the different types of yeah um engagements uh, of workers exactly. has that it's, 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 uh, right it's, yeah. yeah it's an all or nothing approach to the union i think it's one of those situations that is kind of like the exception to the rule you know where right. it's like it's 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 like it's you know that cost benefit analysis of like there's going to be some segment of workers who do not benefit but there's like you know needs of the many needs of the few thing i don't like that personally i think that it's more than applicable to have it so that based on the type of work that you're doing so if you're there part-time or if you're there as a student you know seasonal worker no but right but here's the thing is chris if you're part-time but you're there yeah working but you're, you're not seasonal right yeah. you're not seasonal i think you know what that type of worker needs to be protected so so here here's the thing is if you look at that right that experience has so like impacted me that I am not a fan of unions because I think they force, they don't, like I said, they, it does, and I don't know if it's changed. Again, I don't, not well versed in all the types of union coverage, but if, but I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say that, no, they haven't changed. Mm -hmm. And because they haven't changed, right. It's, um, you know, they're not, they don't classify, they're not correctly classifying employees. So here's the thing is, I think a full-time worker and a part-time worker, um, you know, within a collective bargaining association has greater power, right? Yeah. There's power in numbers, not being the lone wolf, wolf in those type of scenarios. But, you know, unions have to understand, like, you're going to have a group of workers who may benefit from, you know, the um, terms and conditions, the environment that you as a union are working to protect the overall workers from, but they shouldn't have to pay into it because there should be a carve out for that seasonal type of work. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. Right? I, and, but I think that's a way around it, right? You put that carve out in there for seasonal type workers, you apply it so that, hey, listen, you're there for more than six months. You have to start paying union dues. Yeah. Right. I. I. Right. I th yeah. I think that there is a way around it, and and to me, that just but tells me that we need to you know make a better solution, right? And I think we just sort of workshopped a solution around it, right? Six months out of the year, 
right? If you're working more than six months out of the year, you're you're really just working there almost full time, right? Right. And, and let's take a look at it. You know what? Six months out of the year, it doesn't have to be like consecutive, right? It could yeah. be cumulative six months. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, right? Say somebody's work in the U.S., right? 35 hours a week is considered full time. Mm -hmm. I think most... Most employers ex have a 40 day, 40 hour work week, right? But federally and even at a state level, 35 hours is considered full time, right? Yeah. Um, so in a month, that means that's 140 hours, right? Times six months. So if you have employees who are working 840 hours or more in a year, Mm -hmm. they should, you know what, then I don't see them being subject to the union dues. Yeah. So like that, that makes sense though. It's like you, you're, the longer you work there, the more you are actually there as a full-time worker, you, you know, you need to be under these protections. Right. But if you're not there for very long, right. If you realistically speak, yeah, then they shouldn't garnish your wage in, in a sense. Right. No, right. I, I, I'm in total agreement with that. I don't see a problem so, with that at all. I, you know, it's sort of like earning your way to that union protection. What shouldn't be allowed, though, because a way around that is essentially is like you fire somebody before their their time goes up. So they're never essentially going into that's a corporation's way around it so that they never really get into the union. But there's so, a way to get around that. Yeah, there is. Here's the thing is that, look, if you. So let's, you know, and again, it, you know, a lot of it's time uh, record keeping, but with it's no longer, you know, pen, pencil to paper record keeping. Everything's computerized, right? So it's very easy to run a report. But here's the thing is, you know what? Your union protections, union responsibilities kick in 30 days in, right? Uh, I think it's, I think most unions, it's like with first pay, paycheck, you have to start contributing, mm -hmm. right? But even if that's the case, right, if it's a, I, I think on the, first of all, if it's a seasonal worker, they should be able to check off seasonal so they don't get dinged right, mm. right off the start. But um, if they're not, um, say they're working and they got terminated 800 days in, right? Yeah. Well, then they should be reimbursed. They're union. 800 days well, in, that's like two years. No. Oh, I'm sorry. 840. 800 hours. Sorry. You're oh, right. Okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Okay, so essentially, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It, it, Do you know it, what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's a way to carve it out. But I, I think we're deviating from um, what you want to talk about. No, but right? no, you are. But, like, here's the thing. If we solve these issues, right, and then go back to the substantive. Like, like, absolutely. These issues need to be solved, right? Because that's the sort of thing. But if I you, don't think unions solve it. Um, yeah, general, well, that's the thing, right? The unions, I think, are too focused on singular effort of like, all right, we, this is the people of, this is the group of people that we're going to have to, you know, help, which is the full-time workers, right? Like these, like these are our constituents in a sense. And yeah, the carve out essentially means less money for them, which, uh, which would be problematic for them. Um, right. At the same time, Amazon is the largest company in the world. Right. Uh, well, one of them. And it's the largest employer in America. Right. And anything, even if it's something that screws a percentage of people, is better than the Amazon screwing everybody. 
right? And there needs to be a lot of work done, but we need to first get to the point where Amazon doesn't have the power to control the entire workforce, right? And then the tangential workforce and related industries around it, right? The, the worst thing that's, one of the terrifying things that happened is that Akron, Ohio has turned into a single employer uh, city. And all the and everything in Akron, Ohio is based on cardboard and the cardboard manufacturing process for the Amazon warehouse that's in another city. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's 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 this balkanization of, of the entire sort of in employment market to service Amazon, right? And then it means that they have the ultimate, you know, uh, competitive advantage in that they control essentially one of the most important, you know, fixed costs that you have to deal with, which is employees, you know, and salaries. And, and what can I say? I do agree with you. If, if I, I you know, it should be done better. Um, and, and I, and I think it's wrong. Uh, I, I don't think that it, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's wrong to say that, Hey, listen, if someone is not, you know, gaining benefits, they shouldn't have to pay for it. That's, that's exactly what it is. Right. At the same time though, there are plenty of benefits that, you know, we don't enjoy that we pay for, for others. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like if this was an easy issue, it would have been nice and done. Right. But, right. Yeah. But this is it, it's not. But for the, the case of the Amazon workers, um, what can I say, man? They, they, they need all the help they can. Amazon and Walmart workers need all the help that they can get. You know, it's when Amazon, when an Amazon warehouse and a Walmart superstore are the only real employers in the city. Right. Like or right. in town. It, yeah. You know, like th- that's the real problem. That's when you're going to have like that corporate, true corporate takeover of America where it's like, yeah, they're the major employers. Right. right. And then you have um, monopolistic corporations. Precisely. And then who's going to who like like have we ever had like an antitrust case go through in the last like 100 years? Um, yeah, there have been antitrust cases. Um, Microsoft had an antitrust case. Yeah, but they didn't get broken up. They got around it by essentially keeping like Mac in power. Right. Like ensuring that Apple yeah. didn't go under like that. That's the thing that, 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 that's throwing me off. Like uh, where is the, um, yeah, just like, just how does it apply? Right. Um, but nevertheless, well, uh, um, I think AT&T, um, had been broken up and it, in an antitrust case. And I think that was in the seventies yeah, okay, or eighties. So right. Time. And AT&T right now is like buying up shit all over the place. Right. Well, because I think the the antitrust rules have gone lax again. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things that like, yeah, we're in this period where, yeah, you're absolutely right. The antitrust rules that are currently in, in place are not strong enough to deal with the huge systemic issues that we're facing. Right. Right. Uh, specifically with like this amount of corporate, you know, corporate control over the entire <laughs> like, you know, employment and and even like, you know, commerce market. You know, Amazon is becoming, you know, like the Walmart of the web. Right. right. And that it's taking it all over. Like, when, right. when have you bought, like, I've, there's plenty of times I've wanted to buy something from a website. Right. But I go like, yeah, but it's not Amazon. So can I trust it? You know what I mean? Like, that's, right. you know, like the, the trust of the marketplace is what ensures that Amazon continues. Not even that it provides the best service. Right. Is well, like a, I don't know. Next day delivery is pretty good. 
Yeah. Or two day delivery. Well, here's the thing: ne- next day and two day delivery comes at the cost of you know drivers shitting in bags. So like, uh, oh, you, you have to remember that. It's like, uh, well, I love Jeez, it personally too. Like, I'm wow, with you. I love it dude. myself. But it's, <laughs> you're it's, just taking it down a road that. Yeah, it's it's a dark road, and uh, we all travel it. And for every two day delivery, there's uh, a guy who took a dump in a bag beside your parcel. I'm just saying. It's wow. Terrifying. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> but that's the thing that you know. Uh, hopefully the union can freaking solve. But yeah, the Teamsters have been around for a very long time and they've helped with all these and they've been primarily focused on sort of like transportation and shipping stuff. So all in all, I think they've been, uh, has been pretty good. Now, well, well, Chris, if I could just quickly talk about um, antitrust for a minute. Sure. Uh, uh, so the antitrust rules, right? Um, they're based on the Sherman Act here in the United States at least, but um, what it does is it's supposed to, it outlaws right um, antitrust rules. What it's supposed to do is protect. It's supposed to protect commerce, but it, but the act itself, the antitrust laws. What they're supposed to do is it allows the contract combination conspiracy to restrain trade, right, or uh, any uh, monopolization or attempted monopolization, or a combination of monopolizing within an industry. But here's the thing is, it doesn't prohibit every type of trade. So it all hinges on whether or not the restraint um, or the, you know, is unreasonable. So again, it, I think unreasonable is pretty subjective. Yeah, right? well, the reasonableness term when it comes to law is always completely subjective to the time and date, you know. Right. I think it's it's really interesting um, that, you know, I, I mean, there's two acts that um, in the U.S., the Sherman, the Sherman Act and the Clayton Act, specific, they are specifically the antitrust acts, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it is interesting because um, neither one of them clearly prohibits um, the mergers or, you know, the merger and acquisition of companies or organizations. Uh, but what they're looking at is does that merger acquisition or the control within an industry you know does that create a monopoly that results in um you know arbitrary price hikes and um less consumer i think protections yeah and i think that's where i think that's where we're going to see a lot of the antitrust laws and rules come in is from that uh, well, let's hope because right now, you know, these we're at this point where the social media companies are literally like become just so powerful. Right. And they, they, they hold, you know, so much power over the discourse of America. Right. The political discourse of America. And, you know, in a sense, they have become the new public square. Right. A utility of sorts. And and they need to be examined. Right. right. Uh, yeah, so I want to just pause here for a second and come back with our second topic, but uh, let's take a little break right here, all right? Okay, all right, sounds good. All right, and we're back uh, with our second topic for our war room, specifically the eviction moratorium that was, it sort of lapsed, and then for a few days, was, you know, like there was a little sort of like the ball and hot potato between, you know, uh, Pelosi and Biden, eventually Biden you know, who was originally like, yo, I can't do anything. Congress has to do uh, something, right? As per, you know, the Supreme Court and the previous ev- uh, eviction moratorium, right? Um, 
and then you know Pelosi goes like, no, 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 you got to do it. Uh, we finally got to the point where the Biden administration uh, did it, but uh, they they brought in a new eviction moratorium that is different and more targeted than the previous one. <coughs> oh, sorry, excuse me. Specific to high, uh, uh, as I believe it was high uh, infection rate areas, uh, where okay. the Delta curve is going up, um, and it's put into place so that Cong- uh, you know. There's a lot of question about the legality of this uh, compared to the previous uh, eviction notice. And I'm thinking that the the so far, you know, the pundit, you know, you know, thinking behind this is that they're just trying to buy time for Congress to actually have a solution. They don't care if this survives, you know, a Supreme Court, you know, viewing just buy buy some time so that Congress can do it properly. So what do you think? Um, Okay, so I understand why moratoriums are... um put in place but here's the thing is i don't think they're being effectively utilized by those individuals who actually need them they're being utilized by those who don't yeah um the i mean the bigger problem is that even if it is by even if there are some people who are actually utilizing it right a lot of these people don't have the ability to pay the back rent Right. So, on, you know, it, it, the, when the moratorium ends, there's just going to be another eviction crisis again, even if they, you know, put another legal one in. Right. Eventually, the bill will have to come due. Right. Well, that right. And that's the other thing is um, you can put an eviction moratorium. But here's the thing is you. I understand, you know what, there's a lot of people who lost their jobs right didn't especially in the hospitality industries by no fault of their own by no fault of their own exactly right um and they had to choose Uh, but here's the thing is like chris you know the federal government gave uh you know assistance for uh, well you have to uh register i think so it each state administers their own but there are federal monies that were earmarked to assist with um with these with assistance right with the housing issue right so and um i i mean i think in new york i think new york city there they have something like this is a a, an actual number it was i was on a report i read 2.5 billion dollars had been earmarked for the city of new york to assist their residents with um, housing, they have 150,000 applications that still haven't been processed. Oh my okay. God. Yeah. So think about it. So there's a lot of application and here's the thing is this, it's, it's a classic case of you use it or you lose it. Yeah. Right. So you may have these applications, but if they're not processed, you, they lose that money too. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's a couple of things. So, you know, um, I, understand right uh, it's it's i think a failure on multiple levels uh, when, and when i said you know that the the individuals who are taking advantage or benefit of this moratorium on evictions or uh, you know the moratorium on on rent that um had been in place are people who could who could afford to continue to pay their yeah. rent yeah yeah no they they yeah but it, it it's one of those things where it's like like all government programs instituted you know starting in you know 
uh, say like even like the the Trump era, right? All, where did all that money go? And then you realize that it didn't really go always to the places where it needed to, and the people who benefited most, right, were you know essentially didn't need it, like large major. Oh, right. And yeah. here's the thing: is that banks who you know are supposed to they're not utilizing the proper documentation either so for example you know the payroll protection plans um you know they're not they're not they're looking at the you know especially the larger banks they have earmarked oh, okay we need to see uh we, we're only going to look at w9s 1099s or something like that right but not everybody has a 1099 issue to them right especially when you're an owner of a small business um, there's the owner compensation, which typically isn't in the 1099. Mm -hmm. So they're really, you know, what they're, the, um, the banks themselves are compounding this. I mean, I don't think there's, there's no good actors in this yeah. at all. There really isn't. I mean, yeah, I, I think everyone who's in a position to, 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 in this system, right other yeah. than like say you know actual people on the ground <laughs> right uh like right. they're able to, to to navigate all of the the minutia of what is going on while everyone else just has to sort of not even figure it out they're, they're literally being left out chris i i can tell you from my own experience i've been like fighting with my bank for probably the last three four months because they refuse to look at documentation that I'm providing because it's not in their list of documents of documents. So if it's not in their list, they're not going to even look at it. It's bullshit. So you got to do it all their way and that's probably right. But costs. right. No, but I have to do it at own their way. And if I do it their own way, then the benefit I'm getting is only one third. Interesting yeah yeah so they're, they're essentially trying to r reduce and limit the benefit yeah exactly yeah no no that that that's obviously but, some bad actors that's right yeah. but the benefit was provided based on the documentation that's being submitted yeah so it was good in the very beginning but it's not good in, like it's it's really is bullshit and i do think a lot of individuals are in this so i'm sorry i think we're probably deviating but when it comes to the eviction moratorium um yeah i'm not i'm not happy with it what you're basically doing is you're kicking the can down the road and there's only so much you can kick that can before the can hits a wall yeah i mean the the reality is is all they're doing is is just pushing this issue down but without you know rent forgiveness without like some sort of means to you know, actually deal with like, because otherwise, you know, people are going to get evicted when it's all over again, because they can't afford to pay the back rent for all this time. Right, right, right. Right. And right. And let's not forget that not only it's not only back rent, uh, we're talking about evictions and stuff like that. But just think about all those people who had taken deferments mm -hmm. on their mortgage. Yeah. Right. Um, I, we had a topic about this last year too, Yeah. you know, deferments and mortgage, like you, you know, uh, most people, you know, the banks were saying, you know, we'll defer rather than renegotiate the mortgage term. Yeah. Right. 
Because when you renegotiate the market with the, okay, so if you have a deferment, it's basically the bank saying, okay, we're going to allow you to not pay us for six months or, and we'll extend it for another six months, whatever the extensions they are, right? But there, now you have not one month, two months, you have 12 months of mortgage that you may not have paid, right? Think about the 12 months of mortgage. If your mortgage is like 1500 and that's like, and I, right over 12 months, that's 18,000 that you have now of back, back mortgage, right? Yeah. And Which is going to result in what? In foreclosures. Foreclosures. Yeah. Yeah. Foreclosure, which is the homeowner's version of an eviction. So I think yeah. it's, oh my God. I, yeah, I, and I don't even think anybody's thinking about the insanity that's going to happen when it comes to homeowners and foreclosures, uh, homeowners who did deferments. Dude, um, foreclosures, evictions, bankruptcy. Yeah. Right? Like this is going to be like this whole huge issue in the coming days, <clears throat> mainly because there, <clears throat> there is no real process or foresight for a means to forgive essentially all of this deferred debt. Yeah. You know, because that's what it is. It's this continual right. debt now that is only building, right? It's it's not being taken off. There has not been a pause. All there has been is like... Is it compounding of that debt? Yeah. And keep in mind that debt also has what? Interest put on top of it. Yeah, yeah. You've been... You put up a tab. Essentially what happened is instead of like saying... Instead of pausing... And pretending like the world just froze, right? They put no, no, no. We're gonna start. We're gonna start a tab for you. Yeah. Right. And you don't know how much you like you. And you just and while the tab has been started, you've been doing everything else because you need to yeah. survive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. some people were able to save, but not a lot were able to. Absolutely, there was a problem with that. Hello. Uh, sorry about that. I lost you. Lost her for a second. Yeah. I Chris, what happened? Yeah, sorry. I, I think I kicked my mic cord out. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, sorry. You're over-exuberant in your... <laughs> Boom, yeah. Um, yeah, so all in all, uh, what, what it comes down to is that, yeah, the, the moratorium I, is absolutely necessary because we're going to face the eviction crisis now. But it is definitely probably going to fail in a legal test. It will lead back to the same point and i'm not sure if congress has the wherewithal to actively fix this situation um yeah. because you know i just don't trust congress um uh you know wh whether it's the senate and mansion just destroying everything that you know when it comes to the democratic agenda. like that's the thing you got to love about the republican agenda is no matter what they won't de derail it right yeah mm-hmm the Democrats will de derail their own freaking agenda in a minute. Yeah, right. But I don't know. You know what? I, I don't think they're, I feel like they're not, they're not politically savvy at all. Uh, yeah, without a doubt. It, it, it's this weird sort of stupid belief in their correctness as opposed yeah. to, and, and therefore because they're correct, people just have to believe them. No, you got to earn. <clears throat> you got to show. And, right. You know, you got to make sure that people, you got to bring your A game, but nevertheless. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
pretty heavy stuff this week, but nevertheless, you know, the, 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 the train keeps on moving. I think this is a good place sort of like to end our war room and go more directly into our happy place. I agree. Uh, it's a good place to end. Not that, you know, talking about evictions, moratoriums, foreclosures is a good place, but it is a, I, I mean, I think we're going to, we're going to be discussing this more and more in, um, you know, in upcoming um, podcasts, because this is just, I think this is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, and on that note, yeah, and on that note, <laughs> Let's go to our happy place. And this time in our happy place, we're going again with episode three of season two of Ted Lasso. We're just going to start off here and then talk about the recent release on HBO Max of James Gunn, The Suicide Squad. And uh, we want to point out there will be spoilers with Ted Lasso as well as um, James uh, Gunn's um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 excited to hear about your thoughts for for both of these. Okay. So let's 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 start with Ted Lasso. So um, okay. So for me, Ted Lasso, I'm, each episode gets better and better and better. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I yeah. actually asked my brother this yesterday, and I was just thinking about it. I was like, "Is there been has there been a bad episode of Ted Lasso?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> just because, wow, there really hasn't. No, there hasn't been a bad episode. It just each episode gets better and better and better. Yeah. Right? I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, so uh, I I thought it was really good. I like the way Jamie Tart is uh, starting to <laughs> starting to, you know, get understand what team means. Yeah. Um, and, and the team is not forgiving of him. And I think it was really good. He was like, okay, I'm going to give you guys the opportunity. You know, I'm sorry. Um, you know, and, um, if, you know, okay, here I am, just throw it at me. Like, let's clear the air. And he literally has every <laughs> single player like dog on him Dude, about uh, all of the bullshit he had pulled on them. Yeah. I love how it's like, you know, like everyone goes like, you called me this. It's like the yeah. thing to my paper. It's like he was like you you hit on my mom in front of my dad, and, and the love of Jamie's response was like, "Listen, just you know, tell your dad I'm sorry and give Janet my best." And the guy just looked like, "Wait, what the hell?" <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And then um, yeah, yeah, just but no, all of it, like all everyone losing, dude. The, the the one French player just losing it, and then the French Canadian yeah. player having to explain what he said. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, just, it just it makes perfect sense, right? And I, I really enjoyed it. It was. Um, <laughs> I thought the new player was funny because he's like, I don't know you, but I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah I don't know you, but like, I don't like you. <laughs> and the thing is, but the thing is that dialogue is like while everybody's like throwing it, throwing their issues out at Jamie Tart in the locker room, right? Yeah, and you can hear guy. these like little snippets, and yeah. that's one of the ones that filtered through all of the other noise was, I don't know you, but I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just makes you lose it. No, but I, yeah. lo I love that. So, like, every episode of the season has been sort of, like, building from one, like, showing one conflict in, in one episode and then sort of dealing with, with, with it in the next and yeah. then setting up the conflict for the next episode after that, right? Right, yeah. Like, so last week, we're like, all right, well, there's definitely going to be a conflict with Jamie Tart, right? Yeah. We get in, all right, this is the episode to deal with that conflict with Jamie Tart. Like, you know, um, I, I like the fact that they're able to give players their, you know, like, their Chris. own... Sorry. Chris, it's not Jamie Tart. It's Jamie, Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart. It's like Baby right. Shark. 
Um, right. Yeah, but um, yeah, all of it was. So like this, you know, this week was you know just dealing with the friction of of Jamie being back, right? Yeah. And and the reality was was like okay, now that we got Jamie back, like how how do we deal with it, right? How do we get the team to to gel with him because they need a good player, right? They need yeah. good players. They need the team, you know, to be better. They're in this like sort of like not a slump, but in this like draw streak, right? Or as um, Ted Lasso puts it, a streak in his drawers. <laughs> right, right. Um, <laughs> Gross. <laughs> exactly. But he, yeah, he's never been a brave about those things, by the way. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's like all of it with with all of it, just trying to, for him to to figure out the best way around it, and then uh, I mean. Like some of his his tactics to employ are just downright comical. I mean, do you remember uh, in about halfway through the episode when uh, the infamous new and dangerous individual who showed up, uh, Led Tasso? Yeah. Oh my right. God, Led Tasso scared the hell out of me. His, his rage, his anger, it was it was insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's the um, alter ego. Yeah, it's just Ted. Ever like beloved. Ass. Yeah, of our beloved Ted Lasso. Um, yeah, it was it was funny. And even the and but the thing is, you know what? He was able to bring the whole team together because the only one who actually has like you know any like chutzpah would be you know Jamie Tart to say like, Coach, we get it. Like, can you just stop being an asshole? Yeah, I mean, Sam had his, like, sort of, like, uh, snap up with uh, Ted Lasso uh, in a previous episode, right? With the idea of Jimmy right. Tart. Um, and, uh, I mean, Sam, like, here's the thing about this show, right? Every episode is able to focus on individual characters and at least give, you know, characters their own time to shine, right? Yeah. I mean, like, first episode was all about, you know, our, our, our favorite uh, guys, Football is Life, uh, Danny Rojas. <laughs> uh, right, yep, yep. Right, he, like, he, he, like he's amazing. And but then we got into like Sam's story, and then more like you know Jamie Tart and Sam, and you know yep. Jamie Tart, uh, like we're we're getting a lot more interesting, interesting sort of like you know focuses on these characters, and they're giving everyone a good amount of time. Three episodes in, and I feel like wow, we're we're doing a lot more in terms of the characterizations of stuff. And one of the the major sort of pushes that they put went in today was like you know let's let's figure out how to get jamie back in the team and you know his solution being led tasso is like if there's something that they hate you know more than him <laughs> right it solves that yeah right right um right. and here's the thing it didn't work in the sense of the led tasso but it does work in the sense of what happens later which is an important aspect and it, it's uh, here's the thing in other shows to me it would be pandering Mm-hmm. Right, but I didn't find it all like I didn't find it cloying or pandering at all in this show. Which I was like, okay, so what did they do? And what they did was they showed uh, that Sam is uh, uh, Sam Osanya, uh, a Nigerian player. He's gotten a deal with Dubai Air, right, as their sort of spokesman. Um, but he finds out that they're owned by uh, a parent company, which is polluting the Niger Delta, where essentially you know it's, it's part of his homeland. Yeah. Right. And he he thinks about it long and hard. You know, he he has his own principles and his father is disappointed to him. And he decides, yeah, no, screw it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to represent um, Dubai Air in that capacity. You know, like, uh, you know, take me off of it. Right. Take me off the campaign. Right. And it's like, yeah, I won't take the money. It's just it. You know, it is what it is. I'm sorry. Um, And, you know, thankfully, everyone is supportive. It's like, listen, we get it. It's fine. 
right? Yeah. You do what yeah. you know. It's like you do what's right for yourself, right? And so they right. do it. But then now this is going to start the conflict for, I think, the next episode, which right. is something that they alluded to in this episode. Oh, and and a, a character that was mentioned in season one, finally given an appearance in season two, being, uh, what was it, Nora? Nora, uh, yeah. Yeah, the uh, the daughter of Sassy Smurf, as we saw in season one. Uh, yeah. She was finally introduced into this. She's like a little tiny Rebecca. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, she is like a tiny Rebecca. Right. Yeah. And so, and so, like, yeah, she's uh, like she's introduced in this, and she she like they they she's able to understand the main problem facing the club right now, which is yeah. that due to the relegation from the Premier League into the Championship, they are paying still Premier League contract prices for their players at Championship budget, which means that right. they're you know and they're, they're they're you know they're they're just swimming in shit right now. Yeah, they're losing money. <laughs> exactly. So they need to figure out a way around that. And losing a major sponsor like Dubai Air is a huge blow, right? To the point where they're going to lose some major players if, they, if they're if they unable to pay them, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, there, there's there's a lot there's a lot to it. But it, it's, it's setting the conflict for the next thing. And, you know, with having having that play up there. And of course, the, the the stand that Sam takes later in the episode, which is going to lead to even more of a problem, where he covers the Dubai Air uh, logo on his kit, right? Yeah. He, um, uh, and and sort of like like the other Nigerian players in his team, you know, they do it out of solidarity. And Jamie Tart does the same thing out of solidarity, right? It's a good sort of moment right. for him to like earn his earn that earn that thing. And then you know he he gives him a good word afterwards. He goes, like, "It was courageous what you did. You know, it takes a lot." Right. You know, and, and that, but that's what it is, right? It's just like, just don't be a dick. You could fuck, you know, screw around with people, right? Just right. like these, they're all going to be, the boys will be boys in the end, right? They're, they're going to, you know, mess around with each other. But they need right. to, you know, find some level of respect with each other. And, and I think, you know, like Jamie's definitely reached that point of being humbled, right? Like he's yeah. still, Jamie Tart, I think he loves himself more than anything and he is, I think more healthier in that sense. <laughs> he goes like, so I, just right. I mean, they take him to the, the, the sports uh, therapist, not for like any real need. Like, like he doesn't, you know, need anything. He's, he's perfectly fine. It's just that Keely goes like, listen, I don't, I don't get paid to listen to your bull, <laughs> but she does. So, right. uh, go. so here, yeah. yeah. So talk to her and, and complain. And he goes like, so what? I just sit here and talk about myself. And he's like, yeah, he's like, Oh, this could be great. Okay. So, <laughs> and then he starts talking. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. What can I say? Yeah. It was, and then of course the 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 episode. Uh, what can I say? The episode ends in in a very nice and and, and good fashion, right? Um, they they lost the match, but they're happy about it because it ends their 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 draw streak. Their tie streak. Yeah. Exactly. Their tie streak. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I agree with you. It was an ep- It was a great episode. And uh, again, um, I like the fact they all build on each other. Absolutely. It gets better and better. Like, you know, you know, it's, you know, the, you know, the season finale is going to be, they've got like really, um, they've got like high, they've got such a high bar. Each episode, you know, uh, just makes that bar higher. Yeah. And uh, I I do not, um, uh, yeah, I just hope that they're able to deliver, but I think they will because, you know, the thing about Ted Lasso that works is that the show has heart, right? And it shows that people aren't perfect, but they're willing to make changes, right? Um, yeah. 
and so yeah it you know like people will get humbled people will you know eat crow but they'll, they'll get over it they'll get around it they'll figure out how to do something best and you know um that thing belief you know still up there on the top of that thing right uh yeah uh, you know just keep on believing it yeah, yeah. i love it uh great episode uh, uh one last thing that i want to talk about which is you know a character who who is great and i think that he's uh, he's not really taking a back he took a backseat role in this episode and that would be sort of like roy kemp yeah uh, like, I like. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah, his his interaction was great. You know, like I I, I like him whenever he shows up. Um, I like the sort of like two minute segments of him being a sports pundit. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, just, and just like ragging on people. It's like you know he goes like I I hate Jamie Tart. He's a muppet, and I hope he dies of the incur incurable disease of being a little bitch. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. It's right. like okay, Roy, tell tell us how you really feel. And then he turns around to the guy who said that. He goes like, "And I think you're a horrible manager too, <laughs> right?" It's it, it, it just one of those things. It's just like, yeah, Roy, just be who you are. Which is like, finally, just tell it how how it is, right? Right? Like, just be that angry footballer that you are, and I love it. And uh, yeah, just it, it it was it was fun. It was great. It it got it right. Um, and so yeah, we we were able to, like like we move now forward into the next big sort of uh thing that's going on um which is all right we got to deal with the, the the upcoming issues of you know the 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 possibility of of losing their major sponsor right um and i believe the sponsor is actually a friend with rupert right who yeah. have not shown up this season either uh, so, so i'm anticipating we're gonna see him in the upcoming episode yeah, and so what can I say? It's like, they're going to, uh, like, here's the thing. They're going to be out so low out of money, they might need to have to take it from Rupert, right? Um, it, oh, it, and that means that he's going to try to get more... Yeah, more control. Yeah. You know, that's, like, that's the next big sort of, like, problem. It's, like, how much control is he going to demand? And, yeah. And how much can he, how much can he extract, right? Like, that's, that, that's going right. to be his big thing. Um. Yeah, but nevertheless, right? Uh, it, it's I'm 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 ex completely excited for this show, and every episode is like you said, just better and better. So, um, yeah, unless you have anything else to say about it, um, no, I I don't actually. Um, yeah, overall, I enjoyed the episode. I can't wait for the upcoming week, and I can't believe it's gonna be like a week that I have to wait for it. Yeah, that's the problem, right? It's, it's definitely one of those things. But yeah. um, this week we did also get another major release, uh, something that um, I, you know, I was considering seeing in theaters, but I was like, ah, oh, no, no, no. It's, you know, like we really don't have any. Um, the theaters here they're at you know minimum capacity, and I I really don't want to like, you know, control you know control it you know how how you know I I enjoy my sort of experience. Um, and so, yeah, I decided, yeah, HBO Max is good enough. We'll watch it there. And if I really like it, I'll watch it in theaters with some friends, right? Right. Um, I want to see what was your reaction and what is your sort of like, how did you like uh, this movie, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad? Okay, so um, I wanted to watch the first one um, again before I watched this one. So I actually did back to back. Okay. okay? And uh, I, so before I get into guns, I think, you know, going back and looking at airs, it wasn't as bad as everybody thought it was or said it was. That's one. But two, I think um, the, the version of it that they have on HBO 
there's a lot more Joker in it than um, the first version that I'd seen. So I might have seen the director's cut, which isn't technically really the director's cut. Yeah, that being said, yeah, yeah, more of an extending edition, exactly. So going to um, the current iteration, or uh, you know, James Gunn's um, Suicide Squad. First of all, can I say there is like so much gore, like. The blood and the uh, viscosity that just gets thrown away, thrown around, and just like, ugh, <laughs> right? But is, overall, okay. I thought it was a great. I thought it was a good movie. I thought, you know what? Um, I, the dialogue was uh, was great. Um, it's something that you sort of expect from a James Gunn movie, yeah. you know. But it was definitely completely different from Guardians of uh, the Galaxy uh, in terms of the way it was. But I enjoyed it. Okay, um, man, I, I I don't know what's been going on with me this year. <clears throat> you didn't like it. Yeah, I, I really wanted to like this. I really did. I was like, this sort of like should tick off all of the boxes for me. You know, right. like, it, like yeah. it's gory, it's, 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 it's irreverent, it, you know, it's doing all this crazy stuff, right? It, it it's it, it's Suicide Squad and, and it's it, you know it's like you know getting into that nice hard R rating. We're gonna actually get like some interesting stuff out of it. And then I'm watching and I'm like, it's way too jokey for its own good. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I'm like, okay yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's like okay, that's fine. It does this. It does a um a Guardians of the Galaxy thing that you know it, that Guardians of the Galaxy does way freaking better in that it has a soundtrack in it. And the soundtrack in this movie is fucking forgettable. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Because if you ask me what the soundtrack was, I wouldn't be able to. Like, like Guardians of the Galaxy, it, yeah. you, the soundtrack, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, they played this, they played that. Oh yeah, remember the Pina Colada song segment? Oh, uh, do you remember when they did that 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 uh, Blondie thing? I need a hero segment, like all that, right? Like, right, right. Like you're able to like in. What can I say? It just like. This one felt like I'm not gonna say it's a bad movie because I'm not gonna do yeah. like that. That would be you know facetious and wrong. You know it's 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 okay, and I think there's gonna be a a segment of I think there's gonna be a segment of the people who are gonna enjoy this, but this is one of the least D like it's one of the most and least DC films I've ever seen. Yeah. Right. It's like it it's like it oozes DC because of like just how like weird it is and like and like the characters around it, but yeah. it's it's. It's it's missing an element, and for me, it's it's missing that wow factor. Yeah. Like there's like other movies I point to, like yeah, that was that great sequence in that film, right? Uh, you know, there's always that that one scene that you you point to, but like in this movie, I go like, like what's up with the freaking Suicide Squad fighting f- freaking Justice League level threats? Yeah. You know, it's like okay. literally Starro, the mo- one of the Justice League's like first villain, is 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 fighting the Suicide Squad. Starro, like like holy shit, like that that was I was like literally this is Justice League's first villain, right? Like Starro and everything, right? And the Suicide Squad is taking him out. And of the mm-hmm. like, and one of my major issues uh, from the film, and I think, like I understand why they did it, and 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 I I see why it's effective, but when they killed off majority of the cast. Five minutes into the movie, yeah, th- that I thought was insane. Like, and I know why they did it. They did it. Oh, anything can happen. But here's the problem: 
that's a big old fucking lie in in the sense that yeah anything can happen except everything is going to happen at the end of the fucking movie everyone else who survived will survive until the end of the fucking movie where then all of a sudden we're going to have in quick rapid succession three more kills and the game's over yeah okay so can i talk about the most disappointing kill oh okay go ahead please I was so disappointed that Rick Flag died. Yeah, when Rick Flag died, I was like, okay, well, like, Joel, I get it, Joel. You don't want to be part of franchises. Cool, bro. You, you, yeah. You, you're like, <laughs> you're like you we know? want this. And he's like, no, I don't give a shit what you want. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Right? And he goes like, Can right. I, is, yeah, and I'm just like, God damn it, Joel. You're just, you do what you do. Fine, all right? But yeah, no, right. just all in all, it's like, no, because there's a, like, there's stuff that I I really like about the movie. I mean, freaking everyone yeah. is bringing their best A game in this freaking movie. All the actors are are freaking killing it, right? Even the yep. actors who are only in this movie for five minutes, they're freaking killing it, right? Yeah, um, right. You know the the like the the entire intro sequence is like, all right, we're gonna kill off ninety percent of the A team. Okay, fine. Yeah. All right. The B team shows up. The B team stays the B team until. The end of the movie, the third act, where yeah, there's where there's a betrayal, where there is a death, and then some guy gets a heroic moment and then gets killed in a, in a spectacular sort of like, well, that's you know like just like out of the nowhere, out of the blue death reaction. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, what can I say? It's like the the plot's fine. Like the, everything about there's nothing wrong in this movie, foundationally, functionally story the writing the acting all of that is good yeah but is it wrong of me to say that this movie plays it way too fucking safe no i don't i don't think so um i i mean so you know chris in terms of um entertainment i i mean if you if you don't have a lot vested in the suicide squad and the characters i think you'll probably enjoy it there's there's more gore than um is expected it's interesting where you know you you're following one team and then you know it's oh eight minutes earlier this is what happened (laughs) right it's to bring you back up to where everybody's together again yeah they do that a lot as well in the movie which um like they do it a couple of times in the movie like that sort of like oh following one thing all right rewind what was the other guys doing at the same time right um man like what can i say i like i really wanted to like this movie i really wanted this to be like one of my favorite dc movies it's 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 like right now it's at the same like for different reasons but it's like i like this as much as i like say like suicide squad the original kind of like the original suicide squad a little bit more um the original one, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, despite me too. How, despite how much is wrong with that movie, and there's so much fucking wrong with that movie, I really yeah. like the intro sequences, right? I really like essentially the point up until they reach the city because they did a really good jo- Like, this movie is supposed to be like a soft reboot, and the whole Suicide Squad thing is like rushed over because like they they don't want to remember that the previous Suicide Squad movie happened or even Birds of Prey fucking happened. Right? Right, yeah. Like, they don't want to remember that. They don't want to, like, acknowledge it. It's sort of like a soft reboot for this whole thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and because of that, we're able to get... Yeah, I mean... 
like we're not able like they they just sort of rush through stuff. And I get that. That's fine. They, they do. Let's just go head first into the insanity of it all. And for the most part, it's great. I mean, like it, it does the insanity of it all so well. Um, it, it, but it, it's the most different out of all the DC films, mm-hmm. um, easily. Uh, and it, it's definitely the most Marvel of the DC films, um, right? Like if like yeah. like it's like Marvel slash Deadpool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, just but I love the the like. There's so many like characters in it. Love like Idris Elba kills it in the movie, right? Yeah. John right. Cena as Peacemaker is hilarious in the movie. Uh, yeah. You know, like not necessarily like like I'll say this much: none of the jokes made me like laugh or anything like that. But yep. like him, like like his little line where he goes like, "Listen, I I love peace, right? I cherish it more than anything, and I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to do to get it." Right, 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 and it's yeah, like, yeah, damn. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I love that. It's like that, <laughs> that, that. It's like douchey Captain America. I'm with it, um, right, <laughs> right, right. Um, and so yeah, and then, uh, like, I love how Waller was even more of a villain in this one, where she straight up like threatened to kill someone's kid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's Waller. Waller is a straight up fucking villain. You know, like she's not a good guy. She's not a hero. She's a straight up villain. Right? It's like, that's the whole thing about Amanda Waller is no matter how hard you try to pull it. It's like, yeah, Amanda Waller is always the villain. Right? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's just, right. you, like, you can't do anything to her until she loses her protection. Right? Yeah. Um, but, all, yeah, all in all. Um, uh, I'm trying, like, there was no one in uh, who, who, who acted poorly in this film, right? I, I just don't think that the, like, it, they've done two Suicide Squad movies and they've both failed to in my opinion hit the mark of like what the suicide squad is supposed to be like like maybe if i were to like like if there was something to change right it's like i would like to have that big cast that they promised us and then have them die throughout the movie like slower you know like at different points to show that hey listen it can come from fucking anywhere because it like what all it does it shows you is like hey listen the a team died all right these were the the throwaway team the B team is not the throwaway team. Everyone in the th- in the B team is going to survive up until when they don't, which is specifically the ending, right? We have, you know, like, Rick Flag the first to go, right? Uh, killed yeah. by Peacemaker. And what the fuck, man? Like, all right, whatever. I get it, though. It's like, it's Joel Kinnaman. He, he ain't going to stick around, <laughs> uh, right? Right. Um, and then you have, like, Pe- Peacemaker killed, quote-unquote, uh right um and then you have polka dot man killed in the most unceremonious way uh right like polka dots like like all of it was uh, like it's one of those things that like it it should be better than the sum of its parts but it's not it's exactly what it is and that's it you know to me that's just maybe because i hyped it so much in my head you know what i mean you I'm were disappointed. So, yeah, disappointed I didn't. I did not. So, I I really didn't have, like, a whole lot of expectations going in in terms of, <clears throat> you know, how how it was going to get killed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I was just like, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't I mean, have, I don't think Captain I had the Boomerang same. I died in the first sequence as a freaking. I movie. know. Like, what? Like, like, Boomerang is literally like a John Ostrander run. He fucking always tends to survive the fucking Suicide Squad. Like, 
like they literally had Jai Courtney show up just for a second so he can smile and get ripped apart. They haven't got, they have literally have a super alien Mongal show up who's fucking nigh indestructible, right? In the comics, yeah. dies in yeah. like a fucking helicopter accident. Like, like it's, it's, it like there's some like stupid shit going down. Like, right. um, like, like that one threw me off. When Mongal died, I was like, Mongal's nigh invulnerable. I was like, literally, she's an alien. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> right, like, Mongol, like, her, the the other one of her, literally, like, freaking captured and tortured Superman. Right? Like, do you remember that right. uh, Justice League episode uh, for the man who has everything when Superman's trapped in that dream of, like, uh, Krypton's still alive? Yep. That's Mongol, right? Mongal is a, is a member of his race. Okay. Right? And it's, like, just yep. gets killed in the helicopter accident. I was like, what the hell? It doesn't make like they all they did was they they were like all right let's let's get the characters who we know are going to be we're just going to kill them off right right they're cameos they're cameos they're not even like in the movie like that's the big thing they're they're cameos they're not even you know thing uh, I think I, that that part threw me off it threw me off only because it should have been spread out through the movie because in the end this movie is not any of the the stuff that we've seen. Right in the trailers, in the trailers, like it was giving the intention of like we're gonna see like the, the this large team and they're gonna get picked off and it's like the suicide squad. By the end, there's only gonna be so much of them left. No, it's majority of the team dies in the beginning, and then the rest of the team stays the same up until the last act of the movie. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was I don't know, I'm just that part was disappointing. Um, but the entire like everything else was great. Harley Quinn killed it. Bloods, you know, uh, you know. Margot well, Robbie. see, I think she's one of their stronger, yeah, um, characters. Yeah, Harley, she's yeah. she killed it from the very beginning. Yeah, Harley Quinn killed it again in this. Uh, uh, Bloodsport uh, did, in my opinion, a better dead shot than uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking um, uh, uh, Will Will Smith, right? Yeah. Uh, even though yeah. he's playing, you know, like Idris Elba was playing Bloodsport in, instead, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so much so that they do the same thing of like he's got a daughter, but he, you know, him and his daughter had, do not have anywhere near a good relationship, right? Uh, right. Polka Dot Man, funny character in the sense of like, holy crap, this guy is like broken, like mentally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, right. Peacemaker, I'm like, you can tell that this movie is a vehicle so that the Peacemaker show can come out. Uh, so much so that the freaking finale, uh, sorry, it's not the finale, the, um, the, uh, post credit sequence is literally just like, yo, uh, let's watch the Peacemaker show 2022, yo. But here's the thing, though. It's like, I can't talk about any of the other characters that showed up. It's like, I would love to have talked more about Nathan Fillion's character. Nathan Fillion's character is not even in the fucking movie for very long, right? Which Which character was it that he played? Was was he the weasel? No, he was the uh, the guy who you literally you see his face and you can't remember that he's in this movie. He, he he's the guy whose arms come off. <coughs> You're right. <laughs> Shit. You see, like that's a to me that's a fucking problem. It's been a yeah. day. Right, we can't remember any song that's in the movie, and you forgot that Nathan Fillion was in the movie as a guy whose arms came off. Okay, well, I think that says it all. Our happy place is not so happy. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Ted Lasso brought me in, brought me in high, but Suicide Squad just kicked me, just kicked me down. I'm just like, why? <laughs> kicked you in the knees. Yeah, it just like, it took me out by the knee and said, "Guess what? You ain't walking again, <laughs> son." Yeah, exactly. It's just I'm, I, 
And here's the problem: is that there's a good movie in this. Is you know, it's like yeah. everything in this works. Like that's what that's the thing that throws me off the most. It's like everything else about this is great. It's just like literally that beginning sequence is yeah. weird, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you didn't need any of that. And I know what their point is. Like, yo, don't get attached. And I go like, cool. That would be awesome if the B team wasn't invulnerable for the rest of the movie. <laughs> right? right? Yeah, right. You know? Um, oh, yeah. One character we uh, didn't really talk about. Uh, King Shark. I didn't like him in this. I, I thought he was fine. I, oh, like, really? Uh, yeah, I, I, actually... I thought it was fine and funny and all, but um, yeah, I, I thought prefer he was the fine. King Shark from the Holly Quinn show. You know, the, the one who's like a hacker and shit. Oh yes. Yeah, I don't like this the, one. Was not very smart. This one he? is dumb. This guy, like this is dumb King Shark, and I like the other King Shark who's like mild mannered, very very nice, you know, always smiling at people, and then accidentally smells blood and goes onto a blood rage, right? Right. Like I like that, you know. It's less like you will not talk to me like that. I am a shark, but I'm also a person <laughs> like that kind of type. <laughs> right. You know, like like that sort of like I, I thought there would be more more of that like that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, what can I say? Um, it, it, like, what can I, it, Gunn obviously brought some of his A-game to this, but definitely not in the music department. Um, this is not as inspired as the choices that say in something like Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, right? And, yeah, it, like, what can I say? It's, I thought it would, I thought it would be, like, one of my favorite things of this year. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's just like, nah. You know, I like, like, we watched Birds of Prey last year, and I was like, all right, at least, you know, there, there's something to this continuing the story, and I like Ewan McGregor and, and all that sort of stuff, right? And this one, it's like, everything is right, and yet there's something in me that goes like it's missing. I, I have no, there's no part I can point to that, I go like, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, to me, like, a really great and memorable part of the right. film, right? A great and memorable yeah. scene, right? Like, the final battle against Starro, it's kind of ridiculous how they beat him, right? Yeah. Um, the, rats. Yeah, like giant rat swarm against literally a freaking, like space being. Alien. Yeah. Yeah, like the like they have ton. They, he had an army of people, and the people just sort of fall apart when they see rats. Well, I don't think they fall, fell apart when they saw rats. I think it's when the rats attacked, you know, Starro, and he started. They started like you know picking away at him and. Yeah, but, it was gross. Yeah, Chris, no, it was gross. Yeah, what can I say? This the movie is a gross, fun mess, and there's definitely going to be someone. There's definitely like a large audience of people who are going to love this film. But for it's me, just not you. Yeah, but I'm not in this because part of the things of, uh, like the Suicide Squad is supposed to be jokey in the sense that they're villains. They get to have all the fun that they want, and yeah, yeah. they're supposed to like die in horrible and stupid ways. Right. Yeah. The thing that throws me off is that the marketing for this, and it's a problem with marketing. You know, it's a problem when you, when you try to, um, you know, like get butts in the seats. You know, at a time when, you know, you need that more than ever. Right. Yeah. It's you. you like you make it look like all these people are in the like John Courtney is is so high up in the freaking cast. Right. He yeah. literally has, maybe, four or five lines in this movie. Yeah, well, first ten minutes, he's he's done. Yeah, no, he, because all he says is like, "What the hell, Harles? You, you got you got literally goes like, "What the hell, Harles? You you got stuck in prison again." He makes a he he says like a couple more lines about the weasel thing, right? Yeah, and then he dies. Yeah, right. 
The weasel drowning, I thought that was funny because weasel is like a Z-list character if there ever was one. Right? And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but then, of course, the post credit scene goes, hey, guess what? The, the first kill, he survived. Yep. <laughs> right? Right. Like, that threw me off. So, like, weasel survived. Like, there's still a bomb in his neck. He can still die that way. <laughs> right? Um, right. Yeah, whatever. All in all, um, it's one of those movies that I was just like, I know what it's trying to do, but you're trying too hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still going to give it like a 7 out of 10. Okay. Right? It's still a good movie, but like this, what can I say, man? Snyder Cut came out earlier this year, man. <laughs> you know? Well, okay, so I, you can't compare it to the Snyder Cut. I can't, because like one, like one is like, yeah, I can't, you're right. It's like one is like a magnum opus epic, and the other one yeah. is a sequel to the Suicide Squad film. But it's yeah. like one of those things that's like, it's one and done, but you're you know, you're, you're watching it and he goes like, it's just like, why did the suicide squad ever have to do these massive, like justly level threats? Like they should never have fought Enchantress and they never should have freaking fought Starro, the destroyer. No, sorry, right. the conqueror. Right. Like they, right. they never should have done that. Like literal justice league villain, justice league first villain. And they give it to, they give it to the suicide squad. And the only way they kill him is essentially, you know, Deus Ex Spear Machina, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the spears for this one thing, apparently, even though it doesn't make any freaking sense. And I'm pretty sure that's not at all what the spear is for. And the spear has no meaning. But, you know, it's like one of those things that the movie implies that there's meaning, even though the movie knows there's no meaning to it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. What can I say? Yeah, definitely a bummer. Uh, my, my take of it, despite me giving it a 7 out of 10, which is a, ah, that's good. 8 out of 10 is great. You know, 9 out of 10 is like, you know, like, my God, this is like amazing. And then 10 out of 10 is masterpiece. To me, this is good. So it's a 7. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not too invested in it to give it a rating, Chris. I'm going to, I'll go with you. Yeah. I'll go what, with your rating. Yeah, what can I say? It's just like, I really want to like this movie, and so I want to see how... Well, I know thought. you were really excited about it. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it, to me, it's missing something, and I need to talk to more people about it, though. It's like, I know me and my brother watched it, and, um, you know, my you know my brother Kenny was... He was just like... He, he had the same thing. He was like, there's something missing. It's like, it feels... He feels weird. Like, he feels like there's something not quite right. Yeah. Uh, you know? Um, and he goes like... and. And I know definitely the music is something that got to him where he was just like, like Guardians had a great soundtrack, you know, one and two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, freak, Suicide Squad one had a good soundtrack. Yeah. Right? I st- yeah, I it did. Su- you know, like Sucker for Pain, Heathens, yeah. right? Standing in the Rain, all of that was so good. Like, yeah, there, there, there was so much, but yeah, all in all, it's just, it, this one was... Yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that I'm disappointed by it because I feel like it has everything that you could want, but for me, it's 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 I don't know. Like I, it, it's genuine, but it's it's just one of those things that it's like, like I hate when you do something sp- sp- just for shock value. Yeah. Right, because you know, it it, it doesn't really like. It, it doesn't really, like, feel earned, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
I guess that's the point of the Suicide Squad, but for me, it was like, whatever. Uh, I mean, a, a complaint of mine for the first Suicide Squad was that not enough people died, right? A complaint of mine in this is that people died all at once, and then not enough people died. <laughs> right? It's like, because yeah. yeah, because essentially the cast gets killed in the first ten minutes, I go like, they're not really the cast. So we didn't actually lose any members of the team, because I never got to see any of their freaking real... Like, Savant, I never got to see what he could ever actually do, other than throw a ball. Right? Right, and then say, I'm done with this, and then he gets, like, his head gets popped off. Yeah. I also don't like the fact that it's very clear that Waller sent them there all to die. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like including freaking flag, right? Uh, you know, also one of the like nonsensical parts of the movie is when the Suicide Squad comes in and they kill like all the rebels. Yeah. Right. And then they go like, yo, can you still help us out though? Like, what the? F no. <laughs> it's like, you guys just killed everybody. Who else is there to help anybody out with? Yeah. Right, it, it's just one of those ridiculous parts of the movie. Like it was done for joke factor about essentially how they're, you know, like how they're taking, like doing one upsmanship on on killing people. Mm -hmm. Right, but at the same time, it's just like one of those things that just didn't land, for me at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I I get it. Like I said, uh, I think you were more vested in it than I was. I had the benefit of you know watching the first one before I watched this one, so for me it was just. Yeah, I, I just thought, thought it was, yeah, it was a continuation, but I did find it really gory uh, in terms of, you know, the, just the, the blood splatter and the, oh, yeah, no, it, this one was, viscosity, here's the problem, like, though. it was rated R, but it was like, for a rated R movie, like, they didn't, like, all it was was, like, gore, and, but they didn't even, like, push the F-bombs a lot, which was, like, what the hell, it's like, I thought they would be doing that a lot more, mm -hmm. um, yeah, a uh, little bit of male frontal nudity, which is always appreciated in this uh, modern era. Uh, you know, oh, all about damn. quality. You missed it, didn't you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> it must be when I wasn't looking at the screen because I have to. I'm gonna. It's in that admit. sequence when they're when they're like killing all those people in the rebel camp. Oh, okay. Yeah, just yeah. Peacemaker shoots a guy who's like uh, like who's there, and he's just like boom, dong. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, sorry. You know what? I wasn't paying attention then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, all yeah I missed it. Yep. Yeah. Blinking, you miss it, guys. Yeah. Apparently, I blinked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what can I say? It's like, the, uh, I, I just really wanted uh, a lot more. I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know what I wanted, but, like... Here's the thing. I like a lot of this movie. It's just that opening intro sequence that I felt like this is done for shock value. This is not really pushing the story forward. And they're killing off characters like Captain Boomerang, you know, for the shock value. Right. To yeah. make you like anyone can die. But you go like, guess what? The people who are not going to die are Idris Elba. And, like, I know Harley Quinn. Harley, you think Harley Quinn is ever going to freaking die in any of these movies? No right? way. I think she does. She's she's one of their stars. Exactly. Like, you know, they're not going to lose Margot Robbie. So, yeah, no. Um, it, it, it's just one of those things. Like, the the Suicide Squad is a, is a thing. And I'm okay, with, I'm okay with, you know, these characters dying. I just wish that they died at more random intervals throughout the movie as an aspect of the fact that, you know, a lot more people tried to either try to escape or try to betray the team or whatever, right? It's just mm -hmm. because they killed everyone off at the beginning, we, like, 
they're not really characters and they're not it's not really part of the story the story is is that uh you know what you know the b the b team is the story right and right. the a team does, the a team is, is is really just you know to yeah it's it's really just to 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 instill a level of shock factor right that is not reciprocated in the movie at all up until the last act of the film of which in that last of the last of the last act of the film three people die one of them comes back anyway yeah right so it's like it yeah it's not what can i say the the peacemaker show is coming out and that might be great but it also might be you know, it might be like, uh, what can I say? All this has done is temper my expectation on that, which is, might be a good thing. You know what? And this, this goes to the bigger issue, which is that DC seems to struggle with its movies. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Um, and do you want Well, to... I think, I think a large part of their issue problem is they don't have somebody, they don't have a Feige, which is showing the overarching picture, right? Yeah, well, Feige is a producer. It's not driving. Right? His right. whole thing is, right. is, is, is picking what works and what works across things, managing teams, building, you know, essentially managing, you know, like a slate of films, right? All building from one to the other and making sure that, the you know, the teams, you know, do work and do good, right? Over, right. You know, like they don't have effective oversight in DC films, right? With an idea of what's going to happen five movies ahead. Right. Right. And how these movies, you know, are going to tie into each other. How these movies like, like, where does the jokes need to be? Where do this thing needs to be? How are we going to introduce this character? Is this one going to show up? Right. Right. DC really has this weird approach of like, hey, we're going to let you do whatever the hell you want. And then we're going to micromanage the shit out of you. Yeah. Right. Um, What can I say? Warner Brothers has been like. Sorry, DC. DC has been like sort of. It's been all sort of weird with me because I really like Shazam and I really like Doctor Man. I hate. I didn't really like Wonder Woman uh, 1982 or 84. I didn't like. Um, you know, it's like. I I just don't. I the I still don't know what the direction these 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 DC movies are going in. Mm-hmm. Right, like. Okay, right. the Suicide Squad movie came out. How does this tie into the larger DC universe at all? Right. Yeah. Right. It really doesn't. Yeah. Right. It's like like this is a, like like Guardians of the Galaxy. This is as standalone as it gets up until you you know introduce these characters. Right. Right. And what can I say? Uh, like the actual movies that are going to be pushing the the story along, Flash next year. And uh, the Pattinson Batman movie, um, you know, hopefully those those are those both great. look really good. Though. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm... I gotta hold my goddamn expectation down because now, <laughs> with like, if this movie was not able to like, you know, like make me like yes, then yeah. Okay, so I know, okay so. Were you excited when they were talking about all of the, you know, characters that were going to be part of Suicide Squad? Remember the, you know, the trailers? The yeah, way yeah, the that, that first trailer where they showed off everybody. Were you were excited like, about yeah, that? Yeah, of course. I was like, holy crap, they're, they're taking some of the most esoteric characters. They're going to kill these guys in fun and imaginative ways. Not everyone dies in a bloodbath in the very beginning. Okay. Right? All right, so I probably didn't, you know, I probably wasn't as, you know... 
like, wow, this is, I was in super uber duper excited like you were. So I, I think my expectations were completely different. Uh, but my expectations for the Flash movie and for Robert Pattinson's Batman, completely different. Yeah, that's super high. Like, so, I, yeah, super I, high. Yeah. <laughs> super, super high. Yeah, I'm going to tamper, I'm going to try to tamper my expectation in the future. Good luck. It's just, yeah, it's going to be hard. <laughs> but, yeah, the I thought the Suicide Squad was going to be, like, a sure thing for me, but it, it, it it's missing something, and I don't. I don't quite know what it is, whether it's just how it how it dealt with its story, how it actively you know put, you know like how it handled his characters or, or something. It's 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 missing, and I don't know why. Right. Yeah, it's just it, it's bothering me. I think that's the yeah that's the big thing. It's just bothering me. I get it. Yeah, but nevertheless, uh, sorry to you know, essentially bring a damper down to the end of it, but. Yeah, I just need to say it because this was one of those things I was really excited for and it kind of hurts that, you know, I wasn't able to truly love it for all that it was. And, you know, I still found problems with it. And I try, I try to be, you know, like, as sort of like, hey, if it's fun or if it's imaginative or it's whatever, I can try to turn my brain off. But, you know, like, yeah. if you have a vested interest in characters, right? Yeah. You, you sort of go like, oh, man. And then you just, you know, you fall victim to... to I, you know, over judgment. And I, I personally hate when that happens. I hate when I do it, but it's just, you know, it is what it is, man. It just, it sucks. All right. Well, yeah. I, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah. All right. That sucks for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Glad I'm not you. Yeah, like, <laughs> Feeling that disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Sorry, is I like unsympathetic? No, no, but you're right. You go, yeah, that sucks to be you. <laughs> it's like I, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I didn't. It's like I didn't have any expectation at all. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I just watched the movie. It was kind of gory for me. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> now the, you're the, catching on. Yeah, that's your takeaway. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, all in all, what can I say? It was. You know what? It was fun. <laughs> it, was it, it was fun yeah it was fun it was fun i there's definitely parts of it which i thought were gross like you know when they go into the eye of the, <laughs> of the star of gross yeah like you know and even the rats going <laughs> gross like yeah, just so like weird. this is not it was yeah it was really weird it was like how is that going to be enjoyable for anybody still some some weirdos out there are going to like it but for me, I'm just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn, let's... I really like your stuff, but I, I, this one was a little weird for me. A little weird. I feel like if you... Like, when you let him do his shit, he, he goes a little too weird. If you don't, like, you know, tamper him down. Don't rein him in. Yeah. You, you gotta get, like, that Marvel-level control, and you'll, 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 you'll get something interesting out of the guy. But yeah, nevertheless. All right, uh, I, let's uh, get out of this um, sad place. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you for joining us. Sorry, we're ending it on a downer. Yeah. Thank but, you, you know, Debbie. I, I'm still saying watch it. <laughs> you know, like uh, if you got HBO Max, you know, it's a, it's a new movie. You might enjoy it. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I would watch it. Yeah, I would watch it if you, you know what, I wouldn't say don't watch it. I 
just don't go in there with expectations, as we've heard from Chris. <laughs> expectations will ruin it for you. <laughs> yeah, so if, if you understand that, listen, like, pretty much everything that you've seen in the trailers involving a beach scene, those guys will die. You'll be, it's like, there you go. You, you, your expectation is there. You, you understand that, you know, that, you know, that the, the movie is really just about Idris Elba, you know, um, uh, John Cena, you know, like yeah. that that crew, right? It's about them, and uh, yeah. you get that. You're like, okay, you, you you'll get the rest. You'll be fine, right? Yeah. All right. So, uh, yep. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, or is that what you say? <laughs> uh, that is what I say. But please. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for joining us, and uh, we're gonna have to flip the roles on this one. I uh, just want everyone to know you can't stop the what. The signal. <laughs> oh, I finally got to say it. Nice. Uh, yeah, I did. Stop the signal, guys. See ya. Can't stop the signal. Bye. Bye. <laughs>